Hey everyone, welcome out to episode 206 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. I'm Nick Nitro, and with me is not the guy you're going to hear on this episode, it's... DJ Meat. Yeah, this episode, though, doesn't have DJ Meat in the bulk of it. It's actually Jimmy Jerome Wetzel, you know, uh, that little beacon of, of hope. Catfish. Catfish. Um... And before we get to that, though, episode 206 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, a little quick FYI, get it out of the way. Uh, uh, please visit our sponsors who make the show, keep the show going, help you know pay for half of, of what it takes to keep the show going on a month-to-month basis. Uh, at audible.com, uh, get uh, over up to 100,000 titles to choose from. Uh, you can download a free audiobook, listen to it on your MP3 or iPod, wherever you use to listen to anything. And uh, 14-day free trial, get a free... Really? Yeah. It's actually pretty cool. I 14-day downloaded, free trial, that's not bad. Yeah, and uh, over 100,000 titles to choose from. It's a really good deal. Yeah. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. And uh, our other sponsor is The TV King, thetvking.com. Uh, they have tons of reviews. That's where I, one of the places that Jimmy and I write reviews for. Okay. Um, they also ha- The TV King's big thing, though, too, is uh, you feature ways to watch shows legally online. So say you don't want to you know, pay money for it on iTunes or Netflix or whatever. Or Hulu Plus. Or Hulu Plus. But say there's, say there's one coming, you have to watch some commercials, but you can watch it online for free in like another country or in the UK or another US site. Pretty much he scoured, the TV King scours the web for those type of things. Or say you do want to be a good Samaritan, support the show financially. You want to pay a little bit of money. Maybe one place has it cheaper or not. You can, it's all on there. It's really cool. Tons of reviews, movie, uh, not movie news, television news and whatever in there too. It, it, it's really great. So check that out. TheTVKing.com. You can also follow Chris, the TV King himself, at the TV King on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, so episode 206 of The Good, The Man, The Geeky, um, just a little quick, what you're in uh, store for is uh, the movie or the show Veronica Mars got picked up for a movie all by crowdfunding, and so we talk about that. So, oh, wow. sit back, relax, and enjoy this little conversation on the good, the bad, and the geeky episode two hundred six. Warning: The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It will cause you not to eat your vegetables, and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and no celebrity has endorsed any aspect of the show. Why is Walmart bad again? Like what? I, evil. Well, okay. Why are they per the axis of evil? They're not my axis of evil. Why are they per the greater scheme of the axis? The greater because axis. They of evil? treat their employees like shit. But doesn't I every company treat their very companies like? Doesn't almost like ninety percent of companies? At this point, that's why we have such a huge class difference right now. That the rich are making way more than they used to in re- relation to the poor, and okay. that's why I'm in favor of class warfare and socialism. And I hate that socialism has become a dirty word, because it should not be a dirty word. It's a dirty word. Some people treat it, especially conservatives, treat it like it's a dirty word. Even though many of our most popular programs, such as Medicare and Medicaid, are socialism, basically. Yeah, 
No, no, like, I... I... Okay. No, because, you know, someone else that I know very, 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 very well mm-hmm. refuses to shop at Walmart. And, like, I was like, look, I went to I Meyer to. and I went to I Target, to. and they had, not at, at cheap prices, mm-hmm. you know, got r- respectfully to both of those right. places. And so I, I just... And also, they were out. They were out or they were just too expensive. Like, it was, like, 30 bucks for, like, a waste paper basket. Like, a little... Nice little basket ones. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I can get one cheaper if I went to Wally World, Walmart, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I got it, and you know what? It matches the other two I have. So, boom, boom. They, yeah, there. I do occasionally shop at Walmart, just not often. Yeah, me. I mean, I, I that's honestly the last place. Because also the other thing you got to fear about going to Walmart, the people of Walmart, the people who go into the store. Mm-hmm. It's a lower. It's a lower, lower income bracket. We're pretty poor, though, so I mean, well, I'd no, say we're probably... Not think, okay, there's, not, there's a difference between poor and then realizing that, you know, you're not dressed appropriately. Yeah, there are people That's that what are I'm a little trashy. It's, it's the people who... It's like the people inside the show Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> right? Right? It's that Although kind of that does make us snobby and elitist for looking down on them. Well, then I'm snobby and elitist, because... So am I. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm sorry. If, okay... I I respect people. Okay, I'm I'm a big dude. I respect people, but but that's my thing. Is like I hated people judging me and staring me mm-hmm. and making me feel judged. Like you know what I mean. So yeah. I would never try to put myself in that because I'm, I'm already in that situation. Why am I going to divert more eyes to me doing that? Mm-hmm. So if I walked into Walmart wearing my Daisy Dukes and like my fat rolls are hanging out. Which you know, I if have. I had. You should a, not be wearing Daisy Dukes. Right, so I'm saying that's why they have a website now called the People of Walmart, where this shit is like it's a, it's commonplace. Mm. I'm just saying, whoa, whoa. Let's let's think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be on the website People of Walmart? If the answer is yes, then go to town. If not, then you know, take a look in the mirror and best respect yourself before you disrespect yourself. That's all I want to say. That's all. Thank you, Sunday Morning Preacher Nick. <laughs> TV Preacher. Sunday Morning TV Preacher Nick. Best respect yourself before you disrespect yourself. <laughs> so saith the Nick. Nick, uh, Corinthians 1. I don't Jesus know. wants you to give generously to my church. Oh, man. And at least 5% of your donations will go to helping the poor. And by poor... The other 95%, I mean, goes to my jet. But the other, the 5% goes to the poor. Goes to the poor. Oh, man. Oh, this is... Okay, do you remember this comic book Spawn? I am aware of... I never read it, but I, I know what you're talking about. Um, I... Neil Gaiman, though, he writes for Doctor Who, right. and apparently I was looking at stories about Neil Gaiman last night when I got home, uh-huh. and where um, I had been reading it earlier in the day, and when I got back last night, I picked up where I left off, and um, I didn't know this, but he wrote for Spawn. Neil Gaiman did? Yeah. Matter of fact, Neil Gaiman a few more times, we're going to get some, lots of middle school listeners Neil, downloading. Yeah, that's, that's okay. And giggling. I know, right? Neil Gaiman, Gaiman, Gaiman. Uh, Neil, Neil Gaiman. Yeah, Neil Gaiman. He wrote, like, issue nine of Spawn, which created, like, all these major story points. I mean, apparently Todd McFarlane hired him to write the story. Okay. And it was one of those things where, because he drew the characters for the first time, mm-hmm. it was a 50-50 split of co-creation. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, years later, said, nope, I created everything and cut Neil off from the profits, which, of course, created legal issues. Now, apparently, Angela... One of the characters he created, the angel from heaven that was sent by God to kill Spawn, 
is now going to show up in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Because Neil Gaiman's going to write, start writing for Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Which I find to be completely fascinating in itself. But I was shocked by that. But so then I started reading I was like, I really want to... The reason this brought this up is because you said Jesus. Mm-hmm. I know, which is weird because that was the thought process we were on. But when you said Jesus specifically, I read the Wikipedia pages for the entire, like, uh, how heaven and hell and everything is, like, structured in the Spawn universe. And it's really sort of badass cool, which is there's this being called Mom or uh, Mankind or mother, mother of Mankind or something like that. Pretty much she has a bunch of children, spiritual deity children, and one of them was God and Satan. And so as a gift to them, once they reached a certain age, well, she gave them a planet Earth, made, and she created mankind. Well, <laughs> Talk about spoiled kids. I, well, actually, yeah, the only problem is that God and the devil, being spoiled little brats, started fighting with each other. Uh, and so then they created their own kingdoms, and then they that's started... pretty clever. It is actually pretty clever. <laughs> and, so, and, and the thing is, is that the more that uh, she started observing them, mm-hmm. she's like... All these kids are doing are they're fighting each other, and then they're taking a unique creation, which I'm actually in love with, mm-hmm. and I I, I enjoy mm-hmm. mankind, and they're they're using them as pawns, as like mm-hmm. cannon fodder, and I don't like that, and so that's what I'm saying, and so that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to it. use the Walmart shoppers as cannon fodder; it's another thing to use the rest of the <laughs> right. Well, the the best we'll thing tie back there, right? And the best <laughs> thing is though is that you find out that. Uh, when God and Satan were so at war with each other, they locked themselves... Or I forget how I read it, but they were, like, disposed of or something during this time. Oh. And Mom... So God's dead? Well, actually, I think he or is locked now. locked away? Okay. Yeah, it's very weird. I, I think Spawn killed him, but then he became... Yeah. Mm. That part's I'm a little muddy on. But apparently, though, even though God and Satan were busy with each other... Mom came back as Jesus Christ to promote oh. love and happiness to mankind to, to to help them stop. So you're saying Jesus was a woman? Yes, that's what I'm taking from that. That's totally that's why right. he wore long hair. Exactly, but uh, but I found that to be fascinating. I'm like, yeah, I really want to fucking read Spawn now. Like that does sound interesting. Because right? besides the hell Spawn stuff, you know, the hell. I mean, that you, you, it takes 200 issues to get to that point, but like, mm-hmm. it's still that's that's pretty sort of badass. So, I just thought that was cool. It popped in my head because I was reading into that today. I, that was one of my little side diversions. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, speaking of Hell, Spawn, and other kind of creepy stuff, uh, we watched Grimm, where mm-hmm. we continue to watch Grimm. Mm-hmm. Grimm has been fantastic has been. this season. And, uh, 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 you had you had some uh, points, though, that I thought were interesting. Because uh, I don't, I do and I don't disagree. I agree with them. I just that's why I find it to be interesting. Oh, what I was saying about Nick and what I think, yeah, is happening. I really not so much this week's episode, but of in the, the last couple since they've come back from the break, I feel like Nick has to do everything himself. And whenever there's a, a emergency, whatever challenge for them, you know, his friends try to help him out, but they only get to help him out. He still has to take it all on his shoulders himself. And I feel like it's making him a less likable character and it's stressing him out too much and it's costing him parts of his relationship with Juliet and it's really it's too much for one man to handle this episode, this week he handled it fine so it didn't really continue the trend but I was hoping they would build to the point where Nick needs to realize that sometimes he doesn't have to do it all I mean, I I feel like Buffy did a similar story at some point, maybe not taking it this long or whatever but I, I feel like Nick's the Buffy and his Willow and his Xander are valuable members of the team as well, and he doesn't need to do it all himself. Right. I mean, there is no Giles anymore, but I mean, Giles, I'm talking about in terms of an extra party member, there's right. a Giles character 
in there sort of too, or Cordelia or who, Oz, whoever you want to. The, the four, there's not exact yeah. parallels. I'm no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm just saying there's there's like three characters there because you have Amelie, you have I love Rosalie. It's Rosalie. It's Rosalie. It's Rosalie. I love the dinner scene this week with Monroe. I, I did too. Rosalie, Hank, and Nick. I did too, and I was like, I want sort of more of that. I want Renard and Juliet included as well, but I, I feel like maybe eventually they will be. I now see. I go back and forth. I on think. Renard, I though. think my my main point of the, the uh, contention though with what mm-hmm. you were saying, not contention, but uh, disagreement, mm-hmm. was Juliet mm-hmm. because things are so far off the reservation for her yeah. that actually him not doing anything with her, practically the last two episodes, mm-hmm. besides get, you drinking the potion or whatever, yeah. Is he? He shouldn't do anything. She needs to let. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, that's why I don't think that that makes sense with that. Everything else, I'll sort of agree on. And I think that he has because I felt like the last two episodes to me, mm-hmm. he has been because the last episode we watched by the time this airs was uh, by the by the new episode will air probably when this goes out, which was Mr. Sandman or Sandman or something like that. I don't remember it's one with what the, the, the title was. Yeah, it's the, the one with the giant fly that blinds people and, and with tiny their, worms. With tiny worms in their eyes and, and blinds Nick, actually. Yes. Uh, and so for the past two episodes, actually, like, uh, what's his name? Um, the Vesson. Uh, Monroe. Monroe, who I love. Yeah. He's helped out more than you. In fact, he's gone out of his way, and I think Nick has, has allowed him to help a little bit. But I, I do see what you're saying, though, that... Like, especially Hank. Well, especially in this episode where Nick's blind, and he can't just sit there and let Hank and Monroe go get the fly and bring him back and save the day. He has to get out in the field himself and do it himself. And in this case, though, it actually worked out because he's getting his grim powers, and he learned, like, to fight blind, and that was cool. So this week I didn't really complain as much. But I'm saying it would be nice to see some of the other characters get to be the hero every once in a while. Okay. Instead uh, of a no, I, I, instead of a I tool that, that Nick uses, because that's kind of what they are. Not to well, insult them. Well, but. I, I think that maybe something something else is something uniquely to think about too is that the way that the book has sort of come off, and that even his aunt came off, is that they are sort of snobbish or elitist. Right, and that's what I worry about. That he's got this group, whereas it seems like other Grimm have kind of been by themselves, and he has recently showed some tendencies to be judge, jury, and executioner himself, and I feel like the group needs to ground him, and that's why he was good when he first learned he was a Grimm, and different than other Grimms is because he had these people in his life that made him who he was, and as the way he's been acting, he still works with those people, but sometimes he tends to to use them for a purpose instead of treating them like people. And the further he goes down that path, the further away from the Nick we love he gets. And he could end up becoming a Grimm like his aunt or other Grimms, and that's not what we want to see. Of course not. So, no, I agree but I think it's, it makes a really intriguing plot line for him to go down that path, as long as he's pulled back later. Yes, I, I agree with that 100%. And I think... Now, in terms of that, if that's what they're building up for, I think that would actually be okay. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I, I don't think that's something they're going to tackle this season. No, and I they shouldn't. They, and I agree with that. But I, I sort of agree with you a little bit because I would love to see Monroe actually. Because, well, Monroe, I think, being he was the Vesson and he's the only really confident that Nick had. Yeah. He's had a few episodes, I think maybe it was last season or earlier this season, where he was sort of the hero. But well, Grant, yeah, so I, I come in and helped out. But Monroe, it's been more Nick centric. But yeah, yeah, it has been more Nick centric. So, um, and there's nothing wrong with Nick being centric. Really? Yeah, no. no says no, the no. Nick. Says 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 a Nick. Um, uh, but speaking of Nick being centric, 
New Girl. Did you watch New Girl this last week? Uh, yes. Where he... He was dating his boss? Yes. Yes, I did. I... Oh, man. Uh, how do you feel about the whole, like... Hey, are you on the Nick Jess wagon, or are you off the Nick Jess wagon? I'm in the middle. In the middle somewhere. You got one foot on the wagon and the one other foot hanging off. back on the ground? Yeah, because I... Look, you know they're going to get together, and they do, I think, make a good thing, but I think Jess is so quirky in that we loved her. I think that she's becoming less and less like what I loved about her a little bit. Like, she doesn't do the sing-song stuff anymore. She's not Jess. She's what they want Jess to be, and the I, for for the sake of whatever, and I and that's fine. But I could see. I think the only one who's actually changed is Jess. Schmidt sort of changed, but everyone else and Winston. But Winston's the wild card. Matter of fact, I read a great article in Entertainment Weekly called about character rehab, characters that need to be retooled from the ground up. And they said Winston's problem is, is that he literally is a plot device, which is, uh, you know, they try to give him something where he's the main-centric plot, and guess what? It has nothing to do with anybody else, and he just then shows up at the end with his plot resolved. Yeah. Um, sometimes that works out beneficial, like uh, where he was trying to get a condom. That was actually pretty funny. That fun. was good. That was funny. But, uh, but if you had to ask him, like, what's a defining character trait of Winston? Silence. Exactly. See? Sure, sure. See, right? <laughs> the only thing I can honestly tell you, because I've caught on, is that he likes musicals. Yeah. And he likes girly things. He's effeminate. He is effeminate. But beyond that, I can't tell you how far it goes. It's like Schmidt. Schmidt's horribly effeminate, but also very alpha male. He's not a... F- he's metrosexual. He's metrosexual. What I'm saying is he's team. alpha male. He's alpha right. male, but... He, he's effeminate in terms of how he takes care of his body. He takes care of... Metrosexual. Pride. Metrosexual. He's you can prime. be masculine and still take pride in your appearance. That's what metrosexual is. Okay. So, he's very metrosexual. Very much. Nick is... is very a, masculine a very in traditional Very masculine sense. in a traditional sense. He, he wants... He, he's afraid to go get what he really wants out mm-hmm. of life because he's been hurt too many times. And he's not going to sit and discuss his feelings, God forbid. <laughs> Don't want to discuss it. Don't want to. Know. What are you doing? Nope. Nope. Ah. Yeah. So yeah. And then you have Jess, who is really quirky, and she's sort of naive to how the world works, or was. Yeah. And now, like that sort of. And then there's Cece, who you know is is a you know girl with a heart. Uh, you know, girl, the model with the heart of gold, who really does have a nice heart. And she's looking for love. And she's she looking is. for. She really, is, she really is. And she does. She's afraid of getting hurt by Schmidt. Really is what it comes down to. It is. But then when you get to Winston, there's nothing there, sort of. And it's literally what drives the plot from week to week. And so, but the Jess thing sort of bothers me, too, because I remember, like, most of the time, if the guys were making you laugh, Jess was making me laugh, like, mm-hmm. by herself. And now it's just really? like, yeah. Jess says something. Well, this no, is the show how she that made got. me fall out of love with Zoe Deschanel, so. See, and that, and I, I think, still love the show. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I love Nick, I love Schmidt. I guess I just wish the, I don't want her to be naive, because there, you can, right. but I'm just saying, like, you can lose your naivete and still retain who you are. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying, like, some of that stuff I love, where she, like she would be sing songy and stuff. She doesn't do that anymore, and I, I miss that about that character. But again, that's neither here nor there. I, I guess, but I thought that was pretty funny with Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we were t- since we're talking about Nick, so might as well yes. throw that out there. Sure. And the actor who who's the actor that plays Nick? Um. Oh shoot. He's in a movie though called Safety Not Guaranteed. Uh huh. Fantastic. Oh, okay. 
Uh, matter of fact, uh, do you watch the mini project anymore, or did you give that up? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm one or two episodes behind, but yeah, I'm watching it. Remember, there's the two doctors up that are yeah. a few floors before the guy from the league, Mark Duplass. Yeah, Duplass? he's yeah. the writer of the movie. Okay, yeah, or, or he's the director. Of, yeah, he's written directed other movies before. Yeah, matter of fact, he's one of the considered one of the main creators of Mumblecore films, which mm-hmm. I because I looked at Wikipedia, I was like, I've seen that guy before. Besides the mini project, what else has he mm-hmm. done? And he, they considered him on Wikipedia to be the creator of Mumblecore, which is mm. films that are like, uh, you ever seen the movie, I think it's Silas, or with Jonah Hill, and... I've not seen that movie. Yeah, or Cyrus, it's Cyrus. I but know, pretty much yeah. where it's like the character just was like, it's almost realistic, which is, hey, how you doing? Awkward. Oh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm okay. And they just linger on that. That's what they consider Mumblecore. There's yeah. no actual dialogue, complete thought, it's mumbling through a scene. It was really good, but he's in that, and uh, Audrey Plaza's in that from uh, Parks and Rec, uh, and Scott Audrey Pilgrim. Audrey Plaza's the best. She's really good. And then he's in it, too, and it's about a guy, Duplass, who puts an ad in the newspaper mm-hmm. saying, "Would you want to, I, need, I need a partner to time travel with me. Uh, weapon, bringing your own weapons is optional, and uh, we can change the world. Nice. Right, and the question is, does the time travel machine really exist? And and if not, what's really going on? Mm. And I'm not going to say one way or the other. It's really good, though. I'm time-traveling right now without a machine. Are you really? I am. I am going Are- forward into the future, one hour per hour. How is... Wait, what? I am traveling into the future at a rate of one hour per hour. So are you. We are always technically time-traveling. I'm getting a look. That's but clever. you know, it's that's technically clever. true. That's, that's very clever. And yes, it's very true. That's very clever. I like that. We're all time traveling just an we hour are. per hour. And done. Uh, we are. And if and that's what uh, it's, it has to do with the physics. And if you go, cl- as you get closer to the speed of light, time moves slower for you. Faster. Slower, I believe. But, uh, see, you know, you know so this. You, travel you know this. You and I, we, we can discuss time travel, but mm-hmm. if I say... Do you know? Have you ever heard of the city Buffalo? You would go, no, I don't I know, know what you're talking the about. city. I don't but know anything did. about it. Well, I don't know anything about it either, except for it's in New York. That's yes. All I, yeah, but you said you didn't even know that. No, I knew it was in New York. I, anyway, I didn't understand what you were trying that's to. That's a tie back to two episodes ago. Right. I was like, so, I don't understand the context you were using it in because I have no context for Buffalo. The thing I really want to talk to you about, though, this other uh, show has been sort of uh, was, was a lead up. It was appetizer. It's, it's, it was an appetizer. Here's Deli- the entree. A delicious appetizer at was full of two thousand calories at Outback, uh, which we found out apparently Bloomin' Onion one thousand nine hundred ninety six or fifty nine calories. It's, I wouldn't like, think it would have that many calories. Well, because we discussed it's onion. Artist. That's a vegetable. I think Alan and I, uh, mm-hmm. my friend of mine, we discussed this at work, which is that's how many calories it is. Jesus Christ, is that many calories? Yeah, but why? Well, they take an onion. It's an onion. Well, that's healthy for you. Mm-hmm. But then you like put some special sauce on it, and then you deep batter it, batter it and then with the sauce on it, it, and then deep fry it. Well, where the fuck are they deep fry it? So she's like, yeah, but there's sauce on top of the onion with batter on top of the sauce, which yeah. is on top of the onion, which is then deep fried. Well, it's probably battered sauce, batter sauce, batter sauce. I mean, to, you do it several times to build up. A, yeah. yeah. When I make onion rings, you have to double batter and sauce them. Right. So At it least, is probably yeah. is. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, so that, that was the appetizer. This is the entree. But it was delicious. It was, uh, it was very good. Um, 
Yeah, because we went to I went me and my girlfriend went to Texas uh, Roadhouse. Yeah, you know, their onions suck. It does. It has a weird. It taste. Needs, it, needs a, it needs a kick to. Well, it's bland. There is no taste. I no, thought. no. Texas Roadhouse has a, a very distinct t- aftertaste. I guess that I just do not care for. See, I thought the aftertaste was there was none because well, because okay, Lone Star I thought had a, a close. Oh, actually, I like Lone Star's a little bit better, which is Lone Star actually had way more of a kick. It was actually spicy, hmm. while the Outback is it's like a mild spicy. Hmm. Like it, there's a bit of a kick there, but it it it, it quenches the palate. It, or am I saying that right? Sure. sure. Yeah, exactly. So it, it tastes good, is what I'm saying. My favorite onions were Damon's onion loaf, but then the you got said that rid last of the night? onion loaf, and then they got rid of all the Damon's. So. The other people last night said, "As like we love this blooming onion," but uh, the Damon's, Damon's onion, onion loaf was a shit. But and I even said, "I was like, if if it wasn't probably in Zanesville or whatever, Jimmy would probably go out." Even there. before they pulled out of Columbus, though, they got rid of the onion loaf. That's been off their menu for years. And that sucks because it was the best onion. So now Bloomin' Onion's the best onion in town. Well, Damon's, you you suck for doing that. You I'm do. just saying. That's probably why nobody eats at your restaurant anymore and you, you closed them all down because you got rid of the onion loaf. Just saying. It was thrown out there. So, um, but uh, one of the things that we were both sort of excited to talk about was uh-huh. uh, it came out like, what, a week and a half ago? No, it was on the end of, I think, maybe Sunday or Monday of last week was. Uh, I mean, it hit within 10 hours. It funded itself. Oh, Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars Kickstarter Kickstarter project, which was, uh, I saw it through, uh, at the time I looked at it, it was about eight hours in, and literally it was I looked at it, it was about two or three hours in. It started to gain speed on Twitter, and everybody was talking about it, and so I checked it out immediately and tossed in my donation and got really, really excited. Oh, man. It was also the topic of my column last week. Yes, I saw it. It was very uh, good. Because there's so many different implications in this Kickstarter thing. There are. Because, yes, there's the point that Warner Brothers was not going to make this movie unless the fans funded it. Right. So, yeah, contributing to the movie is the only way you could get it made. However, any profits that are made from this movie, Warner Brother keeps. We don't get paid back for our donations. It's not the tr- typical producer role. Right. And that's disappointing. And I don't want it to be the model for how shows continue past cancellation because it's not fair to ask the fans to shell up the money to front the production, let the studios keep the profits, and then the fans have to shell up money again to see it. I agree And whatever. That. Um, however, in this situation, the fact that it wouldn't have happened without this is why everybody donated. I mean, they're already double their minimum budget. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. They're filming it this summer. It's going to be awesome because I love Veronica Mars. Now, the thing that I find interesting is that they're somewhat clear, but then it gets a little murky on what is actually being done with the funds. And what I mean by that is, it's not I'm distrusting Rob Thomas. I'm talking about... Mm-hmm. The actual agreement between Warner Brothers and Rob Thomas's co- production company on how they're getting it done, because Warner Brothers is is just like they're going to help finish the rest of the movie. Now they're I heard that promote the, it and distribute, pr- promote distribute. So how much actual money will that then be? And so are they going? to... That's what I'm saying because you know marketing can be an extra ten million dollars. Oh yeah, marketing could end up being more than what the movie costs to make. And that's and see that's what sort of bothers me a little bit about that, that, and I think that I wish they would tell give us that information mm-hmm. as a donor, so we could have a look. I, maybe that's just me because then I want to know. Well, as, a, as someone who's funding this, 
what do I, what do we have to do as fans to make sure that movie does well? Because this is the thing that's dangerous about this too, is that Warner Brothers is treating this like an independent movie, right? Which is that a lot of independent films and this Warner Brothers or their indie wing help distribute Mm -hmm. goes to video on demand immediately. And part a lot of people are getting the video version like three days after it airs or a week after it airs. If you do an innocent amount, you'll get a digital download. Right, and that to me terrifies me a bit because that and means not, people are. They probably won't see do a wide release on the film too. Right, and so, see, that also bothers me a little. So bit So a lot too. of people who donate won't actually go to the theater to see it. I probably won't go to the theater and see it. I'll probably just do the digital download. And see that, but that's why I'm saying like that irks me a little bit. Only be, and I, look, I know you have your reasons on why. It's just time and money. And I feel like I already put in my money. Why do I? Why should I put in more? And money? see, that's why I'm saying like I think right. that. If that's the case, they should work out that. Um, since we're, I think that should be the thing that they we should have give have give a gift card or something with some certain chains. They should work out a deal with certain chains, possibly for future ideas. Is that that you get a gift certificate that you kind of like how some DVD companies do? Like if you mm-hmm. buy a ticket, if you buy the new Monsters Incorporated super extreme three D version of the first movie, you get a free ticket to see Monsters University. Right. They did that with Princess so Diaries, which you took me to in the sequel for that, because you've got yes. your free movie pass, a big fucking pink gay-looking pass. <sighs> <laughs> that was it, great. Yeah, yeah, Having that. you walk up to the counter and ask for your ticket to Princess Diaries too. <laughs> I hated that. I, and I had no shame. I whipped up my free pink thing, and I'm like, I'll take a ticket. And, and he's not talking about his penis, ladies and gentlemen. He's not talking about his pink. He's talking about an actual pink ticket that came with his Princess that's Diaries true. DVD. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but that's what I'm saying. Something like that, even mm-hmm. like you know, you can make it like a little like a, a, a clue book, like whatever. Yeah. Or because I think at that point you are sort of paying for the film. Mm-hmm. I, I just it just bothers me. And then the thing that also sort of irks me is that people like Brian Fuller, who I would love something like this for Pushing Daisies to happen. But the budget of that is kind of restrictive. I know. And that's the other thing that drives me crazy, is that, look, just because it's a movie, in theory it should be bigger and better, but when it's fan-funded or whatever... Yeah, fans can't fund, like, they were talking about Firefly, everybody wants another Firefly movie, but we could have never paid for Serenity on a Kickstarter campaign. Oh, God, no. That was like a $60 million. Yeah, it was a lot of money. And it's a brilliant film. I love its death, but we couldn't fund it. Now, Pushing Daisies, I think we could fund, because as long as you are smart enough to shoot it like a TV show... Well, here's the here's the thing. Um, Battlestar Galactica Blood and Chrome did this, that even though it looked like they'd taken the sets from Battlestar Galactica and just even expanded them and added to them, it was all green screen. Now we're at the point where you can do good enough green screen technology that you could make some of these bigger budget films yeah. much cheaper and make the sets look realistic. And Pushing Daisy's always had a hyper-realistic feel, which yeah. is even easier to do on green screen, I would assume, versus real regular realism. Yeah. But if they commit to green screen productions, which some directors and writers and stuff are totally against because it doesn't have that authentic feel... You know, but that is one way. Maybe we could do some of those things. Right. And I... Who was... Oh, uh, Zachary Levi even threw his hand in the ring about mm-hmm. Chuck. Yeah, because Chuck was another one listed as too prohibitive Which, because of funding. And, and it would cost too much. And see, I'm like... But see, that's the other thing that sort of irks me about that is that, look, I understand the concept of bigger and better, but at mm-hmm. what point do you guys sit there and go realistic? It's like, look... 
for five years, five probably six or seven years, because you got to include the full year of how long it takes a TV show and the year before it actually comes out, the pilot, mm-hmm. all that. So about six, maybe seven years for some shows, at least for Chuck's case, six years, I think, from start to finish, that show... Actually, it would be seven because the writer's strike. They did five seasons. But remember the Pilots writer's strike... usually made in May ahead of time. But remember they had to retool it because they had the girlfriend, so mm-hmm. that was gone for another year. And then the writer's strike, they were off for half a year. Weren't they, they weren't gone for a whole year. They were off so for... It's, the, so it was about six. It was five seasons. Six years. I think it's right about five years because they filmed the pilots in like March-ish. March, April, they filmed the pilot. And they're done filming that first season, like, by the time it's but been a year. But got heavily retooled from the year before. Right. I I think it would, yeah, it would I probably, think. for a five-year show, they probably from start to finish filmed for five years. years. Okay, so five years, in that time, I think, what was the budget per episode? I Maybe no $1.5 And they got away with a lot in a $1.5 budget did. per episode. They did. And and also the cast loves the if, if you have a good cast mm-hmm. like that that genuinely love each other like the, the cast from Veronica Mars you know they just want to they really have fun with each other so they probably took like a horrible pay cut well all the actors would have to for a, a, a crowdsourced funded but that's, but that's what I'm saying if yeah you, the actors aren't going to get you know exactly Levi would probably just go I'll direct he'd probably go I direct the damn thing yeah that's where I'll take my money from but like I mean, I'll just start it for free you know get my well, money I don't think they're allowed to do it for free but minimum well, to, minimum was like $400 I think I don't really know what it is it's set by the union Sad, there is yeah. a minimum yeah I think I, the only way is I think I, it's $400 because for example SAG uh, the late shows for example are required to pay them I think the minimum of what SAG sets and I think it's like 250 to $300 per guest Okay. That's how much each guest gets to come on really? a show. Some late night shows will pay more because they have more money, but that, but that's why sometimes you'll just see he's like uh, he like refuses to get other stars because they don't want to. It's a pittance for them to just come on the show. That's how. That's what I'm starting to gather. I, I could be very wrong. I don't understand that part, but I think it's unique that it opens that up a little bit. But no, SAG requires a certain amount that actors mm-hmm. have to get paid. Right. And so if you take that, that's... You get a state union. You can't go... Oh, I know, totally. You can't go non-union. Oh, I, that, I, that's fine. I'm yeah. just saying... I, I don't know. I'm just thinking that if you've done it for, what, so many seasons before on a shoestring sh- sh- budget, yep. yeah, you would love to do more, but, you know... I Chuck, for me, had a great ending, and... While yeah, it would be. I would not complain if there was a film. Yeah, I feel like there was a really nice capper that a film is not necessary for that show. A little bit. I I was a little. Unha- I, I I was happy, happily unhappy with because like mm-hmm. I didn't like the ending for the characters, but it made sense, and that because it story wise made sense. Chuck and Sarah. Even though it made sense to me, mm-hmm. and I supported it. I would have loved to seen an actual happy ending, not a one where she has to fall in love with Chuck all over again. I think this is why a lot of people believe and argue that she got her memory back, or you were led to believe she was getting your memory back at the end of the episode, because that sits better with them. I personally think she shouldn't get her memory back. I like the idea that they are so meant to be together that they can fall in love all over again. I, I just see I, I me too but the, there's a the part of me that's like yeah but it's bittersweet we really, we really did, yeah, no yeah it, it is bittersweet and I think that's it the is. but I loved it I so much it just and 
Uh, yeah. It's so hard to end the show. So hard. Oh, yeah. Ask Damon Lindelof. It's so hard. I mean, I love the ending of Lost, but look at all the flack he got. And every show that... I mean, it's just so hard to end the show. It is. It- Everybody has their own ideas about what they want to see in the end. And trusting the creator's vision is... It's, it's Well, the other thing is, too, is that... I've learned now, respectfully, that, you know, they are telling the truth and half-truth when they said they knew the ending of Lost. Yeah. And, which is, they knew that the show would end on Jack's side. That's all they knew. In season mm. in season one and two, they knew that if they got to end the show right, the show would end with Jack dying somehow. They didn't know how he would die, but or how it would all tie together. Mm-hmm. They just knew that Jack would save the day, and it would end in the same exact spot he opened the, the show on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... That's a pretty good... That's, that's a good... Thematically, it's a good point. I would never argue with that. Matter of fact, I love it. I, I sincerely love the hell out of it. And I... But I've I learned to give up that argument, which is, yeah, they knew from the beginning that this was going to equal this. It was like, no, oh, the no, only thing they, they knew... Oh, they know everything. Well, but, but, they, but they, they, they told everyone they did. And I don't think they told everybody they knew everything. They just assumed they, were, they had a plan. They wanted you to have confidence that they knew what they were doing. doing yeah. And that they weren't just floundering and trying to make it up as they go along. Um, I'm going to mispronounce her name. And I literally just read this today. Um, and I want to know if maybe you've heard something about this, because it makes me sad. Because, uh... Awkward just got a premiere date for season three. Yay! Laura Ingram. Ingram, uh, her new show Hot Mess though is not being picked up. Aww. Uh, uh, it's which is frustrating. Apparently, MTV. This is all from Deadline, so I'm probably horribly misquoting what actually happened. But MTV went back to her and said, "We like your voice, but we want you to fix, to retool the show." So she retooled the show. She brought it back to them and said. Well, we really like this, and it tested highly, but we're not going to pick it up. And then something, and then, but they were just like, well, we would like to see maybe another pass at it. And, but, and of course, the buzz is that she apparently walked off the show, or or she just stepped away and went back to Awkward. I think I'm a little mixed up on that. Deadline had it, I don't know. I didn't see the article. No, it's, yeah, it's, um... It's very weird, but but being that I you now have me completely in love with awkward, I really want to see the hell. Mm-hmm. I would love to see hot mess. I would love to see what the hell she would do with like a college version of awkward, and um, it uh, uh, it really. As we vamp to look up news stories, oh Nick's already got it pulled up. Um, MTV has decided not to go forward with hot mess following the recent departure of the products. Project's creative executive producer, Lauren Ingrich, not Ingram. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, and I'm probably still saying Ingrich wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, I, dude, you say it one The creator anyway. that we love, who does the show that we adore. Yes. <laughs> named Lauren. <laughs> uh, the decision comes as NTV Brass are screening pilots. Hot Mess have been considered a top contender based on strong testing and the pedigree of its creator. But like on Awkward... Her voice was at the core of Hot Mess, and with her gone, the MTV execs decided not to go forward. So, basically, they be- they believed in the show, but she exited, so they didn't want to go. But my thing is, like, why did they? Why did she exit? Right. That's and what that's it what doesn't say here. No, right, and that's it what... It sounds like if you read the comments to do the show. If you read the comments, there's one person... Here's the thing about Deadline, people. It's very important to note, because Bill Lawrence has said this in other interviews, and I've heard other writers and producers, like uh, Kurt Soler... Uh, Kurt, Kurt Fuller, the guy who does uh, Sons of Anarchy. Kurt, well, anyway, uh, he, Kurt Sutter, that's the guy's name. 
he has said that uh, the, the comment section, more than any other comment section on the rest of the wor- World Wide Web on Deadline, mm-hmm. is some of the most venomous. And you have people using pronouns and, uh, you know, being anonymous. Like, there's one guy called The Actor mm-hmm. who makes a really mean comment. It's like, well, if she wasn't so cruel to... I don't know. It's stupid. It, I'm not even going to do it justice here. But it's really, it's really stupid. It's really silly. But they do that, but you have a bunch of stupid people act like they know what they're talking about and they don't know. Kind of like us. We have no idea what's really going on, yet we're nope. commenting on it. But I thought that was very upsetting to me, because you told me about sad. that, and I really was excited for it. It's very sad. And, and Laura, uh, Lauren, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have loved to have seen that, I'm just letting you know. Yep. And uh, we both would. I think MTV viewers would have, too. But you know what? Keep making awesome awkward. Or awkward, awkward awesome. awesome. Both ways. It works. Awesome, awkward episodes make keep making awkward awesome. That can go three ways. Awkward, awesome, or awesome, awkward. What's the name of this episode? I don't, I don't know, right? Uh, uh, yeah. So the other thing we wanted, to, I think you wanted to talk about last night. We mentioned about talking about mm-hmm. was uh, the big brouhaha. Ironically, because we re-recorded the episode about David Letterman it was oh, late yeah, night. Late night. So that Leno's supposed to be and, out fall of 2014. Fallon's going to get the Tonight Show, but move it to New York. And my and big thing last night was, I was like, until I see something from Bill Carter, yeah. I, I don't believe any of you people. Bill Carter has an article now about it. Uh, and he just said, it's it's all theorized at this point. But I feel like Lauren, I'm hearing yeah, Lauren Michaels is kind of setting it well, up. Well, he is. And, it, and what, what's really funny is that... Uh, I was telling you guys this last night. Uh, if you read, I didn't read the first book, The Late Shift, but I read the one, The War for Late Night. And Bill Carter, I mean, it. Some people say it's a little boring, but the audiobook version of it to me wasn't boring. I thought it was. It's like listening to a very slow moving, like you know, documentary. I thought it was fucking cool as hell. But pretty much talks about how Conan O'Brien, you know, was sort of an idiot and let, let he lost the Tonight Show. But it goes back to the. Do you ever see The Late Shift? On no, HBO? I did not. I should get that for you. Uh, there's a line in that. I don't know if it was actually said in the book, but the guy who produces uh, uh, Craig Ferguson's Late Late, uh, Late, Late Show, mm-hmm. he used to be with Johnny Carson. He used to do the, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And there was a point where he produced David Letterman's, Tonight Sh- or David Letterman's Late Show, and he just goes, Dave, what do you want? He's like, I want the Tonight Show. He's like... But the Tonight Show doesn't exist anymore. What do you mean? It's like, it's nobody's Tonight Show. That Tonight Show is gone and dead. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, it's their Tonight Show. It's broken. It's a broken show. Yeah. So what do you want? He's like, I want the Tonight Show. He's like, well, you can't have it. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to do? And then and that may be, ever since then, and it's a very true statement. Mm-hmm. Even Leno's Tonight Show is not really the Tonight Show. No. It's the... I, and that's what Conan's problem was. It was the idea of the Tonight Show. He got it. He unlike Letterman, he got it, but then he didn't do what he needed to do to keep it. Right. But also maintain his dignity. And of course, a lot of people are of the agreement that well. And I don't disagree with this. As you and I are both creative individuals, mm-hmm. and you know we would never want to really you know. Again, I think at this point we would sell out for anything a little bit. Pretty much. Yeah, because money's Pretty nice. Much. But if we had any creative integrity, mm-hmm. after we sold out the first time, right. we would want to hold on to a little bit of that. And I'm like, why can't you do that? You know, I don't know. But uh, but Carter's thing this time around was uh, that it's true that Lauren Michaels, being that he lost control of Conan when he went out to L.A., and also explains why he lost control of possibly Up All Night. They uh, talk about that in one of the articles, Did you too. hear what they were doing with Up All Night when it got canned? 
the whole retooling where it was going to be a world within a world where Will Arnett, Maya Rudolph, and Christine Applegate were going to play actors who play Chris, Ava, and... Um, what? Yeah, that's when Christine Applegate walked. They were retooling it, so they were going to be actors playing the characters within the show. After the creator left. Oh my god. After Emily, was it Emily Spinney? Yeah. Yeah, after she left, that's what the network retooled it to, and that's when Applegate walked. Didn't she record like one episode? And- no, they were, they hadn't filmed yet. And the rumor were, they had ordered five episodes after the retool, the latest, like the third retool the original, for the show. Yeah. Fourth retool, whatever. And then after she walked, they said they were probably only going to film one. And then that seems to have fallen apart, and it sounds like they're never going to film anymore. What aired is all they filmed. And Will Arnett and Maya have already accepted other pilots. Good so. for them, because... Well, Maya's going over to Sean Hayes' new show, which is perfect, because they were doing great together in Up All Night. What? I didn't end up finishing watching Up All Night. I had, like, five episodes on my TiVo, and I was like, fuck it. I'm I got two them. episodes into the what, the last update or whatever, when they had the brother come in. Yeah. And I was like, I can't I do this. I watched past that, but I didn't watch it all the way out. Oh, man. I mean, I didn't... I always thought the show was not nearly as good as it should be. Oh, I agree. Cast. I agree. But the fact that they were going to do the show within the show thing, just... And all of a sudden do it. Like, you've already done a year and a half of this show, and now you're going to pull back and show us the actors who play these parts. So bizarre. I mean, I kind of want to see it, but at the same time, I can't imagine it's going to be good. Like, what were they thinking? Like, I don't... Who knows? They were going to play, like, Will Arnett lived in his parents' garage or something and played this character named Chris. Oh, my God. I know. I know. That's so insane. I am so glad that never came to light. I am so... I mean, I'm like you, a little curious. Yeah, like you kind of want to see what they do with it. And if done right, it could be really, really cool. But because they haven't done anything right up to this point, there's no confidence that they'd make it work. Like, I would love to see an established show right now do something like that. That would be awesome. But it would have to be handled with such care and done so perfectly. I think you need to take a show that's on the edge of possible cancellation. Yeah. And then, but is has a huge fan base. Like, I, an engagement. Ugh, I never watched that. I would like to see it done with something like Castle. That's a crime drama that could get boring and rote and give it new spice in life. So you want to see it become a show where Nathan Fillion plays a guy? I want to see Nathan Fillion get to do something more than he gets to do, because <laughs> he deserves better. He does. I like. Well, uh, have you seen the? Tra- you, why am I asking you this? You, you don't watch trailers. No. Uh, they had the trailer released for Joss Whedon's uh, Much Ado About Nothing. I heard that it was released. I did not watch it. It. You gotta start watching some trailers. Right I don't want to watch trailers. I want to watch the. There was an MTV You're, show that premiered this week called Twisted, mm-hmm. and I. Was pulled up on my TiVo today and realized I had no idea at all who was in it, what it was about, anything. See, I can't do And that. I loved... I can't remember the last time I've got into a show that cold. Of course, it was a terrible show, and 15 minutes in, I turned it off and said, I'm not watching this. But I it was a neat feeling to be like, I have no idea what this is. See, I can't do that. I, I, I guess, like, I can go into it cold a little bit, but... Like, what was that one show that, remember, I, we, we argued over it was Charles Dutton or not? Uh, it was the time, it was the show with Anthony Edwards. It was horrible. It was horrible. Time travel show oh, or, or whatever. Zero Hour? Zero Hour. Oh. It, it was bad. But 
I only knew it involves like a sci-fi twist to like sort mm-hmm. of time travel. Maybe yeah. not. I don't know. That's all I knew into it. And yeah. I knew that Charles Dunn or some black guy was in it, and that's all I knew. And I was like, I like that guy, and the guy from ER, I like him too. I sort of want to see it. Yeah. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything else. You, you know, I watched that sort of cold like that, and I didn't like it. No, it wasn't but, a good show. But, but, but that, no, it was. It was horrible. You were well, right. I 100%. only watched one episode, but it was awful. Oh yeah, I didn't. Even get, I didn't even make it through all the way. <laughs> I saw the, the, the I saw the guy like get killed and I was like and probably about ten more minutes in, and I was like, Oh okay, this is not I watched all the way to the end and they were in Antarctica and Anthony Edwards found a frozen Anthony Edwards in a sub buried under ice. I don't know. That's crazy. I know. I just was uh, like, what? And I was TVing it for a while because if it like got good buzz and people liked it, then maybe I'd go back to it. But since it seemed, since it's already been cancelled, I believe. I just, What are your oh, what are your thoughts on Vikings? I've only seen the first episode. Mm-hmm. I've watched it two or three times, and I liked it. I don't think it's as clever as Game of Thrones, not even close, but it's along those... I feel like it all tracks some of the same fan base. Okay. And I think it's a... Uh, other than the fact that nobody can figure out what the accent should sound like, it's a really well-made show. I, oh, oh, here's... I work 60 hours a week now, mm-hmm. and so I when I come home... I want to do the things I need to do, like get ready mm-hmm. for tomorrow, do laundry, you know, do stuff like that. That's part of the reason why I don't do reviews as much anymore. But um, unless I actually have time and I have the, I want to write about something. And sometimes I actually write reviews and then uh, mm-hmm. I, I just, I just never publish them. I couldn't stand that. Well, doing the work and then not putting it out. Well, there, there's nothing I can really control about that because other people publish their reviews for me, and. Meaning me? No, no, not not at all. Meaning me? No, not at all. I'm not going to knock you for that because you're a workhorse and you're a beast. I'm not going to. I would never dare say, like Jimmy, will you please not write an article about you know community this week? Uh, I'm doing community every week for the. He's asked me to do it as a I, I know. I so know. I but see, I, I didn't know that. Off. I didn't oh. know that. But this, you know, that's neither here nor there. If I saw that you had already reviewed an episode of something, I would still post my review anyway. Well, that's great. So, <laughs> I the point is that it's only happened like twice. Honestly, it's, okay. yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's it's just one of those things where, but still, there's not really much of a want there because I'm tired when I get home. I had, I think, like three episodes. I gave up on Revenge, or I have I'm the three episodes so left. On Revenge. I have three episodes taped of Revenge, and it's uh-huh. not that it's a. It's 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 a it's a hokey show. It is a hokey show. And the moment that it started going a little bit too far with the because it's it's popular, so it, it realizes it's popular. Yeah. And you can tell like we're going to have fun with this. Mm-hmm. It's no longer really uh, the Count of Monte Cristo with the girl. It's now just a new murder plot. What the fuck? No, I haven't. Even I don't want to watch that. that. I'm like ten episodes behind on that show. What kills me? What I hate are the episode titles of that show. They'd be like. Doubt, envy, and I'm like that is in every single episode. That is not descriptive at all of this installment. I know, right? And so I got to the point where I want to the out of the last three episodes I have. One episode is sort of the kickoff of the new story, the new okay. story arc until the finale. Okay, and then two before that are the ones that I wrap need up. To Who's on catch up? But. Remember season two start? You probably don't because you haven't watched it in a while. I watched but season season two opened up with the, someone got killed in the boat. Oh yeah, the last the two episodes before that lead up to the end of that arc. And so I sort of want to find out who got killed in the boat, even though I heard on Twitter who it was, yeah, just to see I how it played. Yeah, I think I know who it is, too. Yeah. And 
But again, spoilers don't bother me like they do you. They do. See, well, to I, an extent. If it's I like a like Sixth Sense-like thing, if it's a Sixth six Sense kind of ending thing, oh, I'm going to be pissed. Bruce Willis is dead. Yeah, exactly. The little boy dies. So if you told me that away. when I saw the movie, I would have been furious with you. If it was just like... Uh, and for those of you listening now who have not seen Sixth Sense... Blame, well, send all complaints there you to go. Nathan Haley, goodbaggykidgmail.com. So, uh, uh, that's not a real email address, by the way. Goodbaggykidgmail.com. Address, oh, good, address your complaint to Nathan Haley. Haley. Yeah, yeah. Or you can Twitter him at GiantNate. Yeah, bitch to him. Don't bitch to him. Uh, and use the hashtag TweetMeat. That's uh, that's that's the hashtag we try to get for Nathan. I, I saw that. Yeah, Nathan uh, Nathan likes that. He actually, that makes him pro Twitter for like a minute and then he drops it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, no, so I've, I have those episodes of Revenge, but I want to give up on them. Um, and Vikings, though, I got 15 minutes into the episode. And Did they like it? it? It wasn't bad. It's just that, okay, you know when you watch, like, okay, you didn't, I, did you watch the pilot to Boardwalk Empire before you stopped it? Yeah. Okay. I've watched the pilot, like, three times. I keep meaning to go past it. Never have. But but you liked it, right? Like, yeah. you knew about maybe tw- ten minutes in the episode. I was like, this is fascinating. I sort of want to see where it, it goes next. It was really slow moving and a, quite a bit boring, but I did enjoy it. And I thought now, it was, See, I thought it was... It looked fantastic. It looked fantastic, and it made me want to keep going, even though it was very slow moving. I didn't really Vikings make me want to keep thought, going. Oh, see, maybe that's how I feel. How you feel about Warlock Empire is... But I felt that way. Now I want to keep going because I've heard all these good things. And I'm like, maybe it's like Mad Men that took me three tries to get through that first season. But oh once my you get God, through wasn't it, that so horrible? But once you get season? through it, it yes, just takes fantastic. off. That's it is. I can't wait for it to come back in a couple weeks. I know. Uh, so. But the, honestly, I watched 15 minutes of it and I got bored. I, well, I just... I'm just so, I have so much other stuff to do. And, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm sure I'll regret this later, but it's you know, it'll probably be on Netflix or who or somewhere probably. where someone will get a screener copy of it, mm-hmm. DVD to review, mm-hmm. and I will borrow it then. And I just said I have the first few episodes on a screener DVD, I believe. So I, I've actually taped every episode, Good. but I, I just but well, I delete them all. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like I got 15 minutes in, and I was like, I don't. I, there's no want for me to keep going with this. Did you watch Bates Motel this week? No, oh. and everyone heard it said it was good. That was a great pilot. My Bear Farmiga is oh, she's amazing, amazing, oh, yeah. and there are definitely some direct correlations between the first episode and the movie. They really tried to give you the the threads to tie yeah, it but together. doesn't it take place in present day? No, and somebody else told me that they heard that. I'm like, it does not. It's a period piece. Good, because I heard that too. I heard it from multiple people on Twitter. I heard it like an Entertainment Weekly piece. They weren't paying attention then, because because um, and that really bugged the shit out of me. I'm like, no, you cannot fucking do that no, with Bates. Mo- day. Well, then I will actually try giving that a shot. Then please do. Uh, just for the performances alone, the first episode is great. Fantastic. I'll have to check that out because and it's I- creepy. Well, that's good. Like it, it definitely. I mean, obviously, you can't get. McNorman, an out and out serial killer that the police are hunting for. You can't put those kind of stakes into it because it wouldn't make sense for where the movie is. But you can build a level of creepiness. And with Vera Farmiga and Freddie Highmore, who are both excellent, and the supporting cast is like Nestor Carbonell. Oh my god, I like Nestor. Yeah, he's like the local sheriff or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you need to check it out. It was. It was. I couldn't believe Annie. I think. I think good. every project would benefit by having Nestor Carbonell in it. I know. It's too bad there's only one. If there were like a hundred Nestor Carbonells, every show on every TV show. would be amazing. I know. It would be. It would be. It's amazing. like because. Oh, and 
eyeliner would go out of business because there'd be no reason to buy it because it's already I mean, he's it's, already got the natural. It's it's all it's all natural. It's the natural, yeah. Oh man. Um, <sighs> you, by the way, oh you haven't. You can't preview the hundredth episode of Psych because it's a there's a twist ending to it, which is there are right, four. You have to vote three, three, just like the original Clue. So I wonder though if if they'll do a re-airing where they because remember the original ending of Clue goes different the, movie theaters, different times. Oh what? Yeah, if you the original Clue, if you went to theaters, they would randomly show one of the three endings, so you could go to the theaters. And I see didn't know that. Endings. Yeah. Yeah, the oh. way until the two. Uh, I, I they may have re-released it with all three played back to back to back. Because when it aired on but, HBO, that's how it aired, right? And that's the DVD gives you that option to play it that way. But when, it, when the movie first came out, you didn't know which ending you were going to get going into the theater. Awesome. I know, I know. That was really. I assume cool. they will at least release the other two endings online after it airs. I would hope they'd be so. dumb not to. Well, or what they what they should do is they should maybe release it as its own private separate DVD because I I don't know how they have Clue set up on the DVD, but because it's a lot to do one movie three different ways. I believe the if Blu-ray. you the DVD it'll say um, there's an option to like r- pick a random ending or watch them back to back. That might be it. Like randomly pick one or watch it back to back. Watch all three. That's fascinating. And so you get to the end of the movie and it does, like, backtracks a few minutes I didn't, the other one. I didn't know that. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's totally awesome. I really now want to... I love Clue. Well, I do. Clue's awesome. It's great. Uh, I can't wait for that episode of Psych. I'm one episode behind, which I'll probably watch what's today the, tomorrow. The, what's the super mega happy ending? It's where Mr. Green's the cop, right? Mr. Green is the cop in the one. One of them... Miss Scarlet's the killer. Yeah. One of them... There were two different endings with Miss the Peacock. killer. Peacock. And then the third one, everybody killed somebody. That's the one with, where Mr. Green was the... Uh, uh, Is that the one? I can't yeah. remember. They all kind of blur together to me. But yeah, there were two different killer endings, and then the third one was like, everybody was guilty. Except for Mr. Green. That I thought well I thought I, I thought so because that was I the thing don't is that remember for sure. I thought that was because that was the ending is like or because that when you watched on HBO in the eighties mm-hmm. like a few years like a year after it came out HBO aired it and it's like because I remember they would do this weird quirky music and it's like uh, it's the one where uh, I think Miss Peacock was the killer or Miss Scarlet was the killer. And then it goes, or it could have, and like, and then it would flash back to the moment, and it would be like the the mega ending where everyone killed somebody. Is Mister Body framed all of them for knowing they murdered other people or something? They did something devious, something, yeah. and then Mister Body kill. It's something, yeah, something really something weird. weird. And then like Peacock killed the person and uh, killed the chef. Miss Scarlet killed uh, the maid uh, for having an affair with somebody else. Uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd, Mr. Plum shot uh, shot the bellhop. The singing telegram. Singing telegram. I am your singing telegram. Bam! Yeah. That was my text message tone for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. Ah. Old school, years ago, when I first saw that movie. Man, that was a great movie. I know. I'm excited for Psych. I am too. Uh but um, I watched Juliet Takes a Lover yesterday. Lover. And I need to watch the third episode, probably today or tomorrow. Uh, no Country for Two Old Men. Lassie Jerky? Oh, you're like, you're Oh, so I have behind. two episodes. Yeah, your two episodes behind. Okay. Because it goes. Lassie uh, Jerky's on my TV. Lassie Jerky's. Recording. I, 
the old men on the rerun. Did you did you did you like Juliet takes a lava? It was yeah, I did. It kind of moved some character development things along. I, I liked it a lot, and I liked Sybil Shepherd being with Henry. I'm still disappointed they didn't kill Henry off, but. I am too, and that's no disrespect to Corbin Burnson. No, I love Corbin Burnson. I love the character. I love yes. the actor. It just, you know. Speaking of crowdfunding, anyway. did you know that he's doing a new new project, a crowdfunding project? Um, Is uh, it a Q two movie? No, it's not. Um, a, it's not a movie. It's actually it's something where um, I, I want I, him to play Q two again from the Next Generation. D- yes, I I got that. Um, I, I like the concept of it, which is where, um, you know, you go to a website and uh, you find something for a certain bike, like Amazon. You gives you usually gives you a really good price on something. Well, but you know, that, like for example, a DVD in general costs basic price to make fourteen ninety nine. Costs that much to make? Or to or the general How do they base sell rate? So many for five bucks. Well, the newest ones. Because it's mass produced. I'm talking about like because remember that was the whole thing is there was this one place we would go. The base rate for them for a new DVD was like fourteen dollars or fourteen ninety five, and other places, uh, video West Point video games. They'd sell, yeah, West Point would sell less than fourteen ninety five. Well, for the new new releases, maybe new releases were fourteen. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Okay. The new releases are fourteen ninety five because that's what they're the the distributor is selling to them the base rate, and then like Walmart pays that much, but then they raise the price and they make profit on it. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, say you go to a place where, well, I, th- I think the base rate is this. I think the thing I, I could be getting this wrong. Um, I'll put the links in the show notes, but um, it's a crowdfunded product where you, the consumer, choose what the price is. If a bunch of people start like, like kind of like Facebook liking a page, if they like a product for a certain amount. They will then work with that person who makes the product to lower it down to that amount, so that way everyone's happy. You all get the product you want for that price, and they sell. They move their product. Mm-hmm. I thought that to be a fascinating, yeah. fascinating. I don't. I'm obviously not well adapted to how it truly works because I stumbled my way through it. But I found it to be very interesting. Hmm. And if you uh, support it, it pays a certain amount. You can have a, a meal with Mr. Burnson himself. Really, really cool. Probably an amount that I could never afford. Oh, me and neither. And you have to provide your own transportation to L.A. And it's not L.A. It's actually in Akron, Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. He's a big. He's a. I think he's from Ohio. I could be wrong on that. I, did or, not know that. I don't know that either. But uh, I, no, I just find because a lot of the things say it's in Akron or something like that. But uh, or I'm not. If, I'm probably wrong. But check out the show notes. It's pretty cool. And I also have in the show notes some of the reviews we've talked about that you've posted, like your thoughts on Veronica Mars and the crowdsourcing model. Ooh, they just released the new Doctor Who prequel video for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen that. I have not Sorry. watched that either. I so. was jumping on to look up where Corbin Burnson's from, and I saw the link, Doctor Who. TV Line's my um, homepage on my phone browser. Good man. Because I check TV Line every day. It's your lifeblood. It is, which I guess goes against my trying to stay away from any spoiler rule, but... Yeah, what's up with that? I feel some responsibility to kind of keep up with industry things. Okay. Well, I think on that note, we should probably end it so we can watch, probably watch the, the prequel, Doctor sure. Who, and uh, we'll uh, we'll holler at you guys later. Holla! Get out of here with that cheese! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a 
a good time until you showed up, cheapers. Go uh, have some coffee with cream or something, because I'll tell you something. This is a happy place. What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what the fuck is that?